For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, howdy there, folks, and welcome into Millennial Money. First off, thank you so much for joining us. As always, do we have a, a lineup of you know just amazing guys here today? We got me, Kevin, in the house, Andre Jick in the house. Graham Stefan, if you don't know these guys, have you been on YouTube before? Okay. We got so much we're going to get into today. Okay. We're going to talk about Andre just got back from the Bitcoin conference. We got to talk about that. The, the Logan Paul fight, man, that was crazy. Uh, obviously, cryptos have been in a tough place even during this conference. We got to talk about that. The meme stock madness. We're going to talk about those. Are we playing any of those? Things like that. Uh, Trump had some <laughs> pretty interesting comments. Elon Musk is out there still saying stuff. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about stocks we're buying right now and uh, maybe even some new stocks and, and maybe even some more things in that. But my gosh, we have a lot to get into. Andre, what was the Bitcoin conference like, man? That, that looked cool. I saw a lot of pictures. What was that like, man? Dude, it was crazy. So apparently it was a record turnout, 50,000 hmm. people. Wow. So that was insane. Yeah. I didn't actually get to see any of the speakers because I didn't go on stage. I didn't see that auditorium. That wasn't that interesting to me. But what was, was all the businesses that were there. Funny, uh, Playboy was there. <laughs> there was uh. random companies that were there just advertising their services. Like, now we accept crypto. There was even a luxury watch company that, you know, has like the Astronomia watches, which are like a million dollars. I mean, my favorite business that was there though, and I didn't know if you guys know this, but apparently there's there's well, there's two businesses that I really like. So one of them converts your income to crypto. Any percentage of your income, they can convert as, as crypto income versus dollars. So that was the first one that I found was interesting. I definitely wanna do more research on that. And the second thing that I thought was interesting was uh, a company that where you can put either Ethereum, Bitcoin, or any other crypto into a Roth IRA or a backdoor Roth wow. IRA or a mega backdoor Roth IRA. So you could put up to $50,000, supercharge it with Bitcoin. So I thought those were the two. Coolest Wait, can you explain that? that? What company is that? I, I would be interested in doing that. No yeah, joke. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you back. after the podcast. I want to. I want to. <laughs> I don't want to promote it yet. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, I, I can't wait to hear about that, man. And so, no, that sounds cool. Was there a lot of what? What was the vibes of the conference? Is super excited, kind of like a little more calm. Like, what was the vibe? It was super chill, except for the couple times where, well, one of the times Floyd Floyd Mayweather came on, and he started oh, pumping yes. Ethereum Max, which uh, is kind of a spinoff of Ethereum. I don't know if you guys saw it. It was like on his hat. It was like a red logo, Ethereum Max. I don't know much about that coin, but he was pumping that. And then I don't know if you guys saw the Dogecoin guy that just like randomly burst on stage and he just ripped his clothes off and it was a Dogecoin oh, guy. You guys Wait, didn't see that? No. We're, not talking about, we're not talking about pro the Doge, right? No, 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 no. Okay. Some random dude in the middle of a talk panel discussion just gets on stage, tears off his clothes, and it's Dogecoin. He gets literally picked up by the security team and escorted off the stage. 
<laughs> oh, so like Dogecoin. <laughs> there was also so so on my way to the conference, there was a like an airplane. You know those airplanes with like ads attached to them. Yeah. I, I can't yeah. I can't say the word, but it said buy kitty sell doge i mean kitty meaning the, the p word yeah the p yeah. word crypto okay yeah yeah oh, that was that was God. crazy oh, so wow. i mean it was overall it was super cool to connect with people i think my favorite part though was the art exhibit they had a bunch of nfts and a bunch of artists displaying their work where you can just buy it it was super cool oh my goodness yeah. and then and then so you went to the fight right after that or how did that that work out because you ended up going to that mayweather uh, logan paul fight right yeah, that was so cool. So that was pretty epic. I don't know if you guys want you guys watched it on uh, pay per view, right? We did, yep. yeah. Yeah. See, I I don't know. I think watching it live was such a different experience. The people that were there really enjoyed it. The only part that really sucked is the first four fights before the main fight. It was pouring rain, like, Sorry. and I was in the second row. So, <laughs> like, the people outside of that were covered. <laughs> the people in the front, in the center, we were just getting destroyed. And then Floyd wow. and Logan came on, and it immediately stopped raining, like right before their fight. It was a perfect fight. <laughs> and exactly what I thought would happen happened, which is the first three rounds, Logan came out strong, if you guys remember that. Yep. Yep. And then he just gassed out. And then Floyd was just getting started. Like, he doesn't even get started until, like, the fifth round. He's just yep. warming up. He hasn't even yep. broken a sweat. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It, it was so cool. It's it's crazy because, yeah. Go ahead, Kevin. I was just gonna say, do do you think? And I mean, it's a little jaded, okay, or conspiratorial. <laughs> did Floyd hold back? I People think he were did. saying he did. I think he did. I I saw it like seeing his facial expression. He was so like laughy about it. He was just like, "Come on, dude. Like, come <laughs> at me." You know what? You know what? There's gonna be a round two. There's gonna be yeah, a rematch. That's what. That's what I think. I wouldn't be surprised if this were a little bit planned out ahead of time. At I least it's like you know, let's let's go all eight rounds. We're gonna make it exciting because it's a show. They're putting on a show. Yep. He's made it very. Mayweather made it very clear. This is fun. It's entertainment. We're gonna put on a show. Everyone is gonna have a good time. There's nothing about like yo. I'm just gonna like beat him up. It's gonna be crazy. Nothing about that at all. Well, so, I, I think Logan won before the fight even started. Like to to mm -hmm. face off a boxing legend and make whatever he made like forty million dollars in one night. Like you won, and the fact yeah. that he survived, yeah, and Floyd didn't knock him out. I think kind of means he sort of won. Like I, people really thought he was not going to last. So I thought I, that I was think, super cool. Yeah, I think what the setup is is. Um, you know, assuming Jake Paul wins his next fight, I think the setup is to fight Jake next because now there's yeah. yeah, if Jake wins that, he becomes even a bigger name and even more out there. And then the, the whole you know stole your hat thing, it's and like Jake is way spicier too, right? Like he's yes. way way more aggressive with his with yeah. his attacks. 
I, I could see that doing way bigger numbers, man. No, that that's cool. That that's phenomenal. It was interesting to see the size difference in those guys. My gosh, but uh, yeah. So uh, the crypto crash, you know, obviously, you know, Bitcoin's in a very weakened state. I was, was looking earlier today. I think it was thirty-one thousand. That was coming off the high of what was it, sixty-five when it peaked or so. So down roughly fifty percent. And most of cryptos in general, I'm I'm tracking are down fifty percent, if not more than fifty percent now in a matter of yeah. I don't know six to eight weeks. And so. You know, uh, did uh, did the conference seem make maybe a down about that, or were were people talking about buy the dip? Like like what? No, people did not care. They had a blast. It was so much okay. fun. These are like insiders. These are like industry insiders. They've been through it like fifteen thousand times. They don't care. That's yeah. what I was thinking. I'm like, they're, they're probably a bunch of OGs at that thing. So they're like, oh, this is just another one, man. For, and, sure. Uh, For sure. Yeah. Where, where do you guys think uh, Bitcoin's going to bottom at, Kevin and Graham? Do you guys have any opinion on, on what you think is a bottom, you know, over the next few months for Bitcoin? Because it seems like it's just been downtrending, it's, man. It's interesting when you look at all the charts. And Andre, you're probably way more knowledgeable than I am on this. But when you look at all the charts and you look at where it bottomed out, where it peaks and where it drops eventually, it seems like, honestly, like close to like 10 to 12 would be a bottom. When you look at all the movements historically. Wow. Um, so so Bitcoin historically has never dropped below its previous uh, bull cycle. So theoretically, we should not dip below seven or what was it? 20,000 that it went up to in 2017? Yeah, 20. If it does, if it dips that below peak? that. Yes, exactly. If it dips mm -hmm. below that, it breaks a lot of the theories that the crypto people um think about when they think about price, right? So so that's theoretically the bottom. If it goes lower, there's no telling how low it's gonna go, but based on historic data, we should not drop below the previous all-time high. Yeah, I, I think if it, if it was to go under 20, I, I think there's pretty low probability of that. And if it was, it would probably have to be a scenario where even the whales are selling like big guys that, that got a lot of money. I mean, they would have to even be putting selling pressure on it because I just feel like there's there's I feel like if it drops, let's say Bitcoin tomorrow is at twenty two thousand. Hypothetically, there's so much buying pressure that's going to be out there, in my opinion. So many folks that have been waiting on Bitcoin and saw it go up to 30, 40, 50, 60,000 are like, oh man, it's too high now. I want to get in. If it goes down to the 20s, it's just I think there's just, just going to be. Here's the thing, and I was looking at this like in 2017, when it hit 20, it dropped 85% and it hit a bottom of let's say $3,300, $3,400. If we dropped, let's just say, and, and I'm just pulling numbers here. I mean, this this could be pretty useless. If we, But if we dropped 85% from the peak of 60, that brings us down to about 10K. And, and again, I mean, that's, interesting. Not, and that's not to say it's always going to repeat the exact same cycle. It's always going to drop, you know, it's always going to go up a certain amount and then drop the same amount. I mean, but uh, yeah, just look at that. Yeah, I don't think it'll drop below 20. Honestly, if it does, I know the media is going to attack it. It's going to say the end. Bitcoins broke a pattern. This is the start of the end. And yeah, it might flash crash to who knows how low, 10, 15K. And I think at that point, it'll be a huge explosion upward. Yeah. Yeah. 
Mm. You got a lot of small, mid-sized, and, and even large companies that have been waiting for Bitcoin to drop back down. They saw obviously MicroStrategy and other, and Tesla buy it, right, and Square, and yeah. some of these other companies, and they've been kind of waiting on the sideline. You know, like if all of a sudden I don't know, man, it's if it's at twenty k tomorrow, it's, it's hard for me not to imagine some of those companies put some of their money in that. What do you think, Kevin? Uh, I I actually disagree with that, uh, and and like I agree with you in terms of like I think because we're both like this. Actually, all four of us are like this. Buy the dip, right? We're big yeah. buy the dippers. The problem, though, is like I'm just putting my like jaded like suit hat on or my jaded suit on. Uh, and if you think about it, if you're a CFO and Bitcoin plummets from, you know, 64,000 to 10,000 in in, you know, a matter of five months, what CEO is going to stand in front of the board and go, hey, guys, I just bought the dip and invested all our treasuries. <laughs> oh, what'd you buy? Well, Bitcoin. Oh, the thing that just lost 70%. <laughs> You know, I think the point. optics would be bad. It would be smart, but the optics would be problematic. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I would say I would say that the the maverick fintech CEOs like Jack Dorsey would probably yes. not care and buy into it. But true. yeah, you're right. All the other ones would definitely be cautious. Because yeah. her whole thesis is like, oh, if every company just put one uh, percent of their treasuries into Bitcoin, Bitcoin would be worth four hundred grand. But who's like, look at the crap Elon's going through, you know what I mean? And I mean, he's a little all over the place lately, but uh, still, you know. The problem with that math, though, the Kathy Wood math, is that like every business owner thinks that too. Like, oh, I'm going to come up with this product. And if 1% of everybody buys it, you know, and then they come up with these numbers. um, You know, that's what I feel like. And And I wouldn't be surprised, by the way, if that did actually happen. Wouldn't be surprised at all. Graham, that was a really smooth integration. I like that. <laughs> Everybody watching just buys bankrollcoffee.com. Yeah. That's almost <laughs> as smooth as my course plugs on that 40% off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, all right. So, so I want to I survey. So, yeah. what do you guys think? Bottom for Bitcoin. Are we at the bid, bottom now or are we going to break through and is it going to go down? And what's the number? What, what do you think? Or we, is it up from here? Yeah, I, I don't think we go below 20K. That's all I'll say about it. I think okay. I think I cannot see it going below 20. Yeah, that's essentially what I said. I don't think it'll go below the previous all-time high. So, I mean, I, I'll say that's the bottom, but maybe in the near term, maybe we hit 25. That's when fears will start to maybe go down to 20. But I would say 20 is the like ultimate bottom. Yeah, I'm not sure. Jeez, I don't know. I don't I don't want to say anything because I've just I've just been buying consistently. I bought 32. Around 32 is the last time I bought Bitcoin. I thought you were gonna say no. 32 Bitcoin. 32 <laughs> Bitcoin. Uh no, honestly, I'm buying a few thousand dollars at a time. And that's it. It's just that's consistently smart. every few days, like, hey, let's throw another three grand, three grand, three grand. It adds up. That's that's, that's interesting, amazing. Graham, because a few years ago you you would have never bought Bitcoin, no. right? So you yeah. When did the switch happen? Is it this year or or last year? The switch January, happened? January, and I, I've I've always been looking at it, but I was I always I was very skeptical about it. And when I started to see the institutional buyers really uh, using it almost as a store of value and seeing how much money was printed into the economy and how much was introduced, you're certainly those fears of inflation that you know Kevin believes it might not happen, and that might be true. But I think long term over 20 30 years that that's what i'm basing this in this investment on the 20 30 years from now it's going to be worth more so so i was talking to somebody at at the convention and i can't i won't say who 
because it's not technically confirmed. So uh, this is not financial advice, but there was something interesting and there, there's a rumor floating around that the reason that Elon started to kind of criticize Bitcoin's energy consumption is because he wants to highlight a problem and create a solution for it. And uh, one of the solutions that people uh, are saying he's going to create is potentially have his solar panels or mm. whatever other solar product that he's going to create to be a mining, like a mining uh, rig that you could put in your home and you could basically mine Bitcoin and do that. So I don't know how credible that theory is, but it's kind of floating around. I, I mean, could see imagine, it. Could you imagine that? It's, well, it's, I yeah, I, I was going to say, I could, I could see it. I don't even know how big it would be, right? I just see it being a huge, Elon loves to stay in the news cycle for publicity for Tesla. And so that would make huge news, obviously, in the crypto community and way outside of the crypto community, right? And so I could see it just as kind of like a marketing gimmick, like get the name out there, man. That's interesting. So, so, so yeah, the person that I spoke to is like, I'm, I'm not going to say like, that per I'm not, but that person is highly connected to some of those billionaires. And uh, it, it's on good word that Elon is working on some product related to mining crypto. Wow. Now, which crypto it is remains to be seen. For all I know, it could be Dogecoin. Like, yeah. You know, for all I know, it could be that. But, you know, based on everything he said so far about Bitcoin and its energy consumption, it kind of makes sense that it'd be something about solving Bitcoin's energy crisis, if anything else. You're, you're talking about your your friend Satoshi, right? You said yeah, Satoshi. yeah, Nakamoto, Mr. Nakamoto. <laughs> yeah. Jeremy, so Tesla recently canceled your uh, your Tesla. What's up with that, man? Yeah. I know, I'm mad about that. Seriously, so it was supposed to have like 520 miles range. I get excited about that because I go to Phoenix a lot, four hour drive, or LA, eh, not as much, but I go to LA maybe a couple times a year, right? Southern California, so. I looked at it as this is going to, I'll only have to charge one time and it'll be like a quick charge, right? Now, all of a sudden, you know, because I'm telling you, like the Tesla's on those road trips, man, they, they don't keep the mileage that it says, right? Yeah. It's just yeah. like not how it works. It moves down way faster. And uh, I mean, you would have to drive it like a perfect speed or something like that. Like nobody's going to do that. And so I'm, I'm mad, man. I'm disappointed. Like I'll still get the other one, but uh, as a consumer, like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm frustrated. I don't know. Maybe if I wasn't a big Tesla fan and a Tesla shareholder, maybe I wouldn't even be interested in getting the other one because I'd be so frustrated over this. I don't know. I'll probably still support and get the Plaid Plus. But, man, I want I wanted that 520-mile battery range, and it makes me think, Kevin, does Tesla have an issue creating something over 500 miles range? Because the Roadster, the Roadster, man – uh, like, why is that not out there? It's been, that's like 100 years old now, and that was supposed to have this 620-mile range. It's not out there. So This was I, a 520, not out there. What's so going I talk, on? Yeah, so I talked to somebody recently who was really into EVs and the whole industry. He said it wasn't so much an issue of, of being able to do it because there is space in the car that you could take away to add more battery and get the range, even giving up the frunk was an example for me that's like it makes sense now i don't know about the crumple zones or anything about putting a battery in there but they have the space to add more battery if they needed to i heard it was an issue of cost that it just it costs too much money at this point to get a car with that much much range and be able to sell a car even at 150 grand that's what i heard wow uh i have a pre-order on the cyber truck but that ford f-150 lightning dude that thing is sick like i that Ooh, yeah. that looks incredible. That looks so tempting. 
Yeah. I don't know which one's going to come out to market first, but I'm assuming Ford will. <laughs> yeah. Really? You think uh, Ford's yeah. going to beat the Cybertruck? I, I think to market, not necessarily as a better product. Wow. Okay. Okay, Kevin, you got the most invested out of any of us in Tesla. So what's your opinion on this whole deal with the, the oh, 500 man. plus mile range and now pullback? Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess, uh, let me quickly just catch up because I, in fairness, I, I didn't answer on the Bitcoin and I feel like yeah. I, I, oh, I yeah. should. So let me just quickly answer that. So this is kind of my chart on Bitcoin. And I think if, it, and, and I know Jeremy doesn't like the technical analysis, but these are just lines that I've had drawn for a very long time. People see them on live streams. Uh, this, it's it's bouncing around here in the low 30s. If we break out of like 29 with a solid stick on a week, we, we could, I think, go to that 19.8 level. That's our next level, right? That's over here and then way back in 17. So yeah, I think that's a potential downside. I don't know that we're going to go back to like these these 9 to 11,000 ranges. But I'm, I'm right there with you guys, Jeremy and, and Andre, and I think that'll be a nice buy-the-dip opportunity. But this could be a painful move right here. And it'll test the crypto liquidity, which is something we've talked a lot about on this channel. Mm -hmm. So uh, now, Tesla. Uh, and then obviously, feel free to respond to what I've said. But uh, so on Tesla, look, I've got a, I had a pre-order in, or have a pre-order in for the uh, tri-motor Cybertruck. And I actually think I don't want to get it, but not for the reason you might be thinking. I'm realizing that Tesla is now activating their uh, cameras on the inside to make sure that you're always like eyes on the road sort of thing, or else they mm -hmm. disable autopilot. My 2017 Tesla don't have no camera. So I kind of want to milk this thing for the next five or six years or as long as I can. Uh, and so me, Lightning, Cybertruck, Roadster, I don't care. I'm keeping the old crap and the rest is just going into the stock market. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Wait, so hold on. So you're not buying it just because it has a camera and like for privacy reasons or? Sure. Hmm. Why so can't you, you cover it like something physically? What, what is no, that? So here's what happens. My mm. expectation. If you turn on autopilot mm. and, and it's like, hey, you're looking at your wife. You're not paying attention to the road. And then it starts flashing, going take over, take over, and then it disables autopilot. That's annoying. I don't, I don't like that about autopilot. You know, let's. It's one of the reasons I don't like Chevy Cruze. It's one of the reasons I, uh, I, I think that Chevy Cruze and, and their their autonomy system is is not meant for the majority of EV buyers today, which are mostly male, mostly between twenty five and forty five. That audience doesn't want to sit there staring at the freaking road. Mm. Now, don't get me wrong. It's important to pay attention to the road. But anybody who regularly drives autopilot understands that you look away from the road sometimes. <laughs> okay. That's it's just like I don't know. I don't know how else to say it. Am I the only one? Am I the only one who's terrified of using autopilot? I, I just like yeah. I don't trust those systems. Oh, I trust also don't I trust have a Tesla. Entirely. I don't have a Tesla, but I've driven Teslas and I'm terrified of turning that feature on. I've had it on. But I'm just terrified of keeping it on. No, I was yeah, I was nervous. nervous first day, first day. Now I trust it explicitly, yeah. especially in traffic. Now oh, okay. I wouldn't be trusting it. Like I wouldn't close my eyes for thirty seconds no. and drive no. ninety. But <laughs> I do trust. I, I do trust it in autopilot just to do its thing, take me to where I need to go. And yeah, you got to pay attention because because honestly, every now and then there are things like uh, sometimes when the lanes merge together. Yep. It doesn't quite know what to do sometimes. The car will get a little jerky, or if a car is uh, uh, 
position, you know, moving over into your lane. Sometimes the car will, like slam on the brakes really quickly, <laughs> get jolted yep. around. There's some mm -hmm. things where it's, it's not perfect, but on a, like a straight lane highway, like going from Vegas to LA, super easy. Yep. I trust it. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, sometimes I don't even trust a lot of humans. Like, I can't. I'm not one of those that could sleep in the car. To be honest, I don't care really who's driving for the most part. I, I don't. I, I I'm one of those that like keeps. I like to drive. Like, if if we're driving, I like to drive. To be honest, I have trust issues. And same thing with autopilot. I believe wow. in it, but I'm not about to close my eyes for 30 seconds when that. Oh no! Yeah. No, yeah, I would do that. No, yeah. I, I think what I found is. For uh, for me, and I think this is generally true, is the big thing is, let's if you're coasting uh, in the left lane, which in California is much more common because it's not really considered a passing lane, but you're or you're in the carpool lane, right? You're coasting in the carpool lane. I don't know, whatever. Uh, all you have to really worry about is not hitting the car in front of you, and as long mm. as there's not some big semi truck coming cutting you off, there's <laughs> really nothing to do. Just keep pace with traffic. Don't drive around like a jerk. Don't hit the car in front of you. This is one of the reasons I think Tesla should have forward-facing LiDAR. Uh, and I know Tesla fans get uh, mad at me for saying that. But they could easily put microvision into the little mirror thing, uh, the, the rearview mirror. And then, boom, they have forward-facing LiDAR. But, uh, yeah, anyway, I, I mean, to me, and I still have radar in my thing, which the new Teslas, they're getting rid of radar on that. And, hey, maybe it's true. Maybe it's not needed. You know, I saw someone in the comments. They're like, oh, but you're going to get left behind on the hardware. Well, they just came and swapped out my full self-driving computer uh, after you know after I paid for the upgrade. So uh, I don't I don't know about that. You know, I just I'm I like it. I'm happy with it. I don't need more. I don't want to yeah. spend the money. There's one sketch thing um, still about autopilot uh, that I've noticed is still kind of sketchy. It's if there's a tractor trailer and it uh, has wait a minute, what in the world just happened? Uh, and it has essentially. Um, like like no tr no top on it so it's just the bottom part i've noticed the car has a lot of trouble like reading that and sometimes it doesn't even show up uh you know like there's like a sensor thing that shows you all the cars around you it doesn't even show up if it has a high trailer it shows up but if if there's nothing there it doesn't show up so that's the one thing i've noticed that i'm like oh that's a little that's a little weird mm -hmm. but uh yeah anyway so okay so well, wait a minute how much are you actually activating autopilot? Because you're the guy who's saying you don't trust anyone and you like driving. I don't like driving. I hate driving. I think Graham's somewhat the same way. How many hours have you actually, uh, or, or let me put it this way, of the mileage that you've put on your Tesla, how much it percentage-wise was actually on autopilot? So city driving, very little. Like let's say I'm driving Perfect. in the grocery store, very little. Road trips, when I go to the, when I go to Arizona, at least 80% of the drive time, if not 90% of the drive time okay. is, is on autopilot. So it really depends on where I'm going. But um, yeah, so anyways, I, I, we got we to gotta continue on with a few more crypto things. Then we got to get to meme stocks and other stocks. Trump yesterday said, Bitcoin seems like a scam. That was his quote. How much does that, I mean, you know, I, I was literally thinking today, I was like, is there any human on the planet more famous than trump and i was thinking I, I was like really i was thinking about that and i was like i don't think there's anybody more famous than him in the world um you know and then he comes out and says it seems like a scam bitcoin that was his exact quote what do you guys think about that for what does that mean for the crypto market does it mean nothing or or are people yeah. you know gonna sell it's it not, off 
it's not surprising to me, especially as a, as a former president, to want the U.S. dollar to dominate. So obviously, I think he's going to be talking down about anything that might uh, that might compromise that. So like, I think his comment, like, I would just assume that's how he would feel about it. Anything that threatens the dollar, I I don't think he would ever embrace. Interesting. What do What do you think, Andre? I kind of just found out about it right before the stream. I did not know that Trump said that, but it kind of makes sense. Just exactly what Graham said. He feels threatened, but also, oh gosh, I'm not going to get political about Trump. But, I mean, I have a lot to say, but I'm not going to say it. I'll, I'll leave you. I'll leave you to it. Devin, what do you think? Uh, well, I think that uh, I, I don't personally think Bitcoin will ever replace the dollar, uh, certainly not in the form that it's in right now. I don't think anybody actually believes in the form that it's in right now. It will replace the dollar. Uh, I also don't believe that uh, any country wants or will be willing to give up their uh, economic sovereignty. I also do believe a lot in the uh, deficit spend in a crisis, you know, print money, basically. And, and, and pay it off in a recovery. Now, whether we actually ever pay it off, I guess we'll see what happens after this recovery here. But I'm, I, maybe I'm just too optimistic in the way that the, this, you know, things kind of look like they're going to work, or at least the trend we're on. And again, I, I try to keep part, part of me jaded just enough to remain skeptical. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, maybe I have a little too much faith in the existing systems. That's not to say I don't like crypto. I invest in crypto. I love crypto. I think there are a lot of benefits for it. I love blockchain. Personally, like if I became governor, uh, one of the things I want to do is take blockchain technology and use it for like permits, like replace permitting with blockchain. So if you're like you're an electrical contractor, blockchain, everything, it's all documented for public record that you worked on that property on that date, you know, uh, so that chain of liability is there. I think it has great implications for insurance purposes. And, and there's so many cool things you could do with it. Replacing a country so, so, uh, like, you know, uh, power uh, with currency don't see that happening uh, i think uh that threat is overblown but i do think that donald trump is taking a very uh political approach towards getting like revving up to announcing a 2024 run where it's kind of like america first america first every everything's about america first it's it's about a 2024 run is what it is bitcoin is just an easy target for that uh, it's it's a campaign rallying point that's it Kevin, do you think that it's possible for uh, some third world country to adopt Bitcoin as either a currency or sort of a, a reserve kind of a yeah. currency? You think that could be a possibility at some point in the future? Totally, totally. Yeah. I think uh, outside of the euro, uh, the yen, uh, probably the yuan, uh, the dollar, outside of these bigger currencies, so maybe the top five, yeah. Uh, I, I really think probably other countries should consolidate because people don't, the problem with, with developing countries is people don't have any trust in the institutions of that country. And hence you tend to have high inflation or potentially hyperinflation. And that leads to wars and economic destruction. It, it's, it's horrible, really, really horrible thing. So I, th I think there is a benefit. It's almost kind of like Here's your starter currency. Use Bitcoin as your starter currency until you mature, <laughs> until you go to adulting currency. You're not, not saying that, that crypto is like for children. That's probably a bad analogy. But I think you all know what I mean. It's, it's like, yeah, starter currencies in, in new countries uh, or, or new economic oh. regimes usually suck. Yeah. Andre, what, what, was, what was average age, would you say, at that Bitcoin conference you went to? Gosh, average age. I would say probably around my age, 30s. About 30. Yeah, mid 30s, 30 mid 30s or so, 30s. Yeah, I would say that. 
So that's another, yeah, I was going to say that's another thing about, you know, Trump, right? Um, he's up there in age. And honestly, I, I have yet to meet anybody who's really super bullish on Bitcoin who's probably over the age of 40. I'm sure there's people out there, right? But they're very few and far between. And so to get, you know, somebody that's, let's say, I don't know what Trump is for age, maybe he's 80 or 75 or whatever, right? To get somebody like that to, especially when you've been president, right? But never mind that, when when you got that sort of age, I just, you don't see it. You look at Charlie Munger, look at what Charlie Munger, he says it's rat poison, right? And you look at all, all these guys who are definitely up there in age, and even if they've had a lot of success, they just, they're not backing it. They don't believe in it. And it's hard to change your ways and the way you think, I think, exactly. to- yeah, yeah, for sure. Can, I would say yeah. 60s is about the cutoff point. I wouldn't say 40. 40 is still relatively young to understand. I think 60s is about where you just lose it. You're just like, nah, <laughs> don't want it. Don't care. Yeah. yeah. You're saying Grant Cardone's lost it? <laughs> hey. 10x, baby. Hey, we also, we also have a lot of worry, by the way, that the FBI was able to retrieve what it was a $2.3 million of the Bitcoin from the pipeline hack. And now there's a lot of fears that like, wait a second, how did they get the money? Or can, can they have access to our wallets? Can they just go in and, you know, pick and choose what they want? I know, Kevin, you've, you've covered this, right? You made a few videos on this. Yeah. So you, you're probably the most educated from all of us on, on what's going on on this. You know, the, the FBI, uh, I honestly, I think they, they not only work with uh, forensic companies like Chainalysis or even the Canadian versions, Big Digital, but you know they're using Palantir. You know they can track this so, so much quicker than we think, and they can make these connections because they have the resources to make these connections uh, much faster than anyone else can. And then it really just becomes a matter of, okay, well, wh where, where is somebody storing their wallet? If they have an idea as to who's who's to blame or what networks are involved here, where can they find where the wallet is stored? And I think that was the magic is finding where is the wallet stored? There's probably some sort of illegal institution, uh, like some sort of illegal server shop, you know, could even just be in a rental garage somewhere or whatever. And, uh, and, and, and that was somehow captured. And so if the server gets caught, disconnected from the internet, private keys on there after a raid problem solved uh, now you got now you got your wallet and you probably got a bunch of other criminals with it uh, you know I, I think there are a lot of <laughs> that's 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 my speculation so far well I mean I mean you think about it you know it's the FBI so the FBI is going to want help from whoever can help right and yep. if you turn down you don't turn down the FBI at the end of the day you just don't do that or they will make your life a living hell like you have oh, no I choice every day. yeah yeah it's like <laughs> it's like you, you do what they want or, you know, there's going to be consequences, right? You have no, there's no other option if they come to you for help. Right. And so that, that's just something to keep in mind. Elon Musk. I want to talk about Elon Musk in, in he, he, you know, is tweeting out more stuff around cryptos. And I, I was talking with some people this weekend and they felt like Elon is starting to really push his limits when it comes to pushing these cryptos and like exercising his muscles and just being like, I can send out a tweet and that thing shoots up 100% or 200%. Like, you know, where do you guys stand when it comes to that? And do you think this is going to be a bigger problem moving forward? Because I'm seeing it more and more celebrities. I remember uh, Jake Paul a few weeks ago was uh, pushing Yummy Coin or yummy. something like that. And it, you know, it seems like it's going to become a bigger and bigger problem. What, what do you guys think about Elon and, and that whole movement there? 
He's got a lot of influence on whatever he talks about. I think I think he enjoys it. I think part of part of him just likes the attention and being it. But I'm I'm so curious how much, if anything, that he has invested in. Uh, he was promoting a rocket, and you could use your imagination a a, a rocket company, and um, yeah. Oh, Squirt Rocket. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. There was a yeah. So anyway, we're not going to say it here, but there's a rocket company, and I'm thinking like, uh, I don't know if it's worth his time to to bother invest because when you think of of how much wealth he has, what's the point of making like a million, two million bucks pumping a coin? So I think it's just got to be he enjoys it. I think I think it, it's fun for him. He enjoys the meme aspect of this, but he's got a lot of power, and uh, some people are are probably investing a lot of money on those tweets that they probably can't afford. By the way, it's not an actual rocket company. <laughs> <for anyone. laughs> yes. Um, but I actually saw his response to a interview that, or a podcast that Vit Vitalik uh, Buterin, the creator of Ethereum was on. Yeah. And so they were interviewing him and they were talking about, you know, Elon. And I, I agree with Vitalik with what he said. And basically he was saying that, it, it's not that Elon is like malicious or that he's trying to like manipulate markets, you know, for some evil purpose or some personal gain. It, it was more like, you know, uh, he's a dog lover and I'm a dog lover and, and we love dogs. And that's why we like a coin that represents a dog. And mm -hmm. Elon watched that interview and he tweeted that saying, I agree with Vitalik. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it goes to show, I, I really do think that Elon is just having fun and that's just how bored billionaires have fun as they play with people's fortunes from time to time. It's, it is what it is. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you it's think, weird. Kevin? I, I, I mean, I agree with that. I, yeah, I think Andre's totally right on here. I mean, is, is, is a little bit of extra money here. They're going to make a difference. No. Do I think he's heavily invested in these things? Probably not. Why? Because, it's not worth his time. He's got so much to think about. It's it's entertaining to rip off a tweet and see how many people like it, how quickly, and oh, look at the market do this. I wouldn't be surprised if if he has less than uh you know a million dollars invested himself in in various different cryptos. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm un underestimating that, but I don't know that it matters. I really don't know if it matters. I mean, maybe he's got more in like the big one, like like Bitcoin or had more in Bitcoin. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think, I don't think it matters. No, I think that's why it's like, sell your real estate, sell your stuff. He's trying to de-stress. He's working all the time. He's got plenty of things to think about with new ideas and things that are actually going to matter long-term, like new ideas for SpaceX, Neuralink, uh, the boring company, Tesla. I mean, the guy's running four freaking companies. I think we, he really cares about investing right now. And the only thing he cares about investing well, in is businesses. Yeah, and the, and the biggest, the biggest, you know, time that he spends on a given day is trying to think about what tweet we can talk about on Millennial Money. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, you got some of his tweets are good, man. You like, you got to spend at least a little bit of time on that. You don't just come out with some of those, the, you know, I, we won't talk about that one anymore. Anyways, that's a crazy situation. All right, guys. So guys, hold on, hold on. Did you guys see the tweet he said about the breakup with Bitcoin? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yes, that. with the girl and the boy. Oh, that yeah. park. So yeah. great. Yeah. Oh man, classic. All right, so uh, meme stocks. So they are hanging in there. AMC's off its highs, but they're still hanging in there. What's the next move for the meme stocks? Um, is it 
is it going to ha happen kind of what happened with dogecoin right dogecoin peaked out and then it kind of came down a bit and then it bounced back and then it just seems like doge has just been on the slow kind of drift lower and lower is that's what's going to happen with these meme stocks next where they they might have peaked and now it's just kind of a slow drift lower or, or do you think these are these are set up for a new all-time highs guys what, what's your opinion have you have you guys noticed the money kind of ebbs and flows from one asset to another when like bitcoin's doing incredibly well fintech companies just stocks in general are not doing that well crypto's booming now that crypto's losing steam people are playing more with like these social movement stocks i don't want to call them meme stocks because now that upsets a lot of people because for a lot of people including myself now that i kind of look more into it it's it's not necessarily just meme stocks it really is a movement so i kind of just invested no. yes Day, uh into amc so i'm i definitely became an ape i feel proud of that and i'm not saying that people should do that or should invest in amc i didn't even publicly announce it on my patreon or anything but i just you know i i i really do like the movement and i want to support people because i think what happened with gamestop kind of revealed a lot about you know some of the stuff that's going on with these hedge funds and um yeah i i, I think you know, I, I'm investing in it knowing or going into it with the mindset that it could lose 90% of its value. But, you know, if the payout of that is is like, we're going to get better regulations that favors retail investors, that would be better. But then recently, the SEC, did you guys see the, the Gary Gensler guy? Yep. He, he's trying to fight gamification. He's trying to instill something called RBI, like regulation best interest, which is uh, like a fancy, it's like he wants broker just to be fiduciaries or like responsibly recommending the retail investor what's good for them which which is hilarious because who, who's to say what's good for retail investors so but he wants know, to make it harder for brokerages to sell stocks like amc so he wants it to have so that brokerages would i guess give investors more warnings before you buy those stocks like hey this could really lose a lot of money or whatever they want to do it's going that direction it's going that direction um public is a stock trading app where if you type in like amc gamestop like all of these uh meme stocks uh there's a little warning it's like a parental advisory when you go and buy a cd it's like an r rating movies have r ratings these really? stocks on public they have uh high risk and before you buy it there's a little swipe thing that says this stock is high risk there's a good chance you're gonna lose money swipe to confirm something like that that's the way I, I, I want to say with almost 100% certainty, that's the way Robinhood is going to be at some point. There's See, I hate, I, I hate that because I feel like it's essentially hedge funds crying because they're like, man, it's harder to manipulate markets, SEC. Mm. Stop retail from doing this to us. Check it out. Yeah, but, but how is this different than gambling? This I, stock to, to is me, this is risky. All investing is gambling. Yeah, I don't see why not. some stocks need to have warnings about them. Mm. I, I mean... A lot of stocks have, yeah. have an intrinsic, but like I wouldn't wow. say buying, if if stocks are uh, gambling, then so would be buying a house, you know. Mm -hmm. But but you don't see people wow. gambling buying a house. But yeah, there we go. So the stock's potentially risking. You have to slide to confirm. I have no yeah, problem but, but, with that. But I mean, how much how much shadow practices go on in real estate as compared to stocks? Zero. Well, there we go. <laughs> we heard it here first. Yeah, so uh, weird because the stock market's it, a lot shadier than the real estate market. It, it almost looks like it almost looks like they want to go down a route where the brokerage is almost acting a little bit as a financial advisor. That gets a little weird because then it's essentially telling me, Very "Oh, this weird. stock's risky. This stock isn't risky." 
Um, yeah, that gets a little weird. Really yeah. weird. Hmm. But, but Robin Hood is almost putting themselves in that position by by feeding information that could potentially be it could potentially influence the direction that someone's willing to buy. Like uh, like the top movers section got a lot of mm -hmm. criticism, and I'm surprised they they've still kept it up there. But by by featuring certain stocks in there that have seen these you know egregious returns over the last week, people are probably more likely to buy them. So is that brokerage recommending those stocks you to buy because they feature them for you? But don't you think that's helping hedge funds if you're like, hey, be careful. Don't invest in this risky stock that's exposing the shadow practices of hedge funds. Don't do that. I don't know. I feel yeah. like without those risks, I mean, if those risks, uh, risk warnings were in place, we wouldn't discover things like what happened with GME and AMC and all these uh, naked short sellers. But but there have to be people like in order for these stocks to keep pushing up there have to be people that at some point get burned to me it's, it's like it to me it's really just a game of chairs it, yeah. it, and how quickly can you sit down and sell before the whole thing collapses no, i mean that's I, really I, what let's build this as high as it could go we're all going to make some money but we just got to sell out before everyone else I, I agree with you that that that's inevitably what will happen but you know what is the result of that uh was it worth it and it just seems to me that it is to, to reveal how corrupt right. these practices are. You know, is, is the price of admission worth it? As long as you don't invest into you know, all your money into it, thinking that you're going to get a thousand percent return, or it's going to go to a hundred thousand dollars. Is it yeah. worth participating in this for the short squeeze just to reveal how corrupt these, some of these hedge funds are? It, well, that, gonna, that's why I'm invested into it. Cause I feel like I'm, I, I could be part of that movement. I have a feeling a lot of people don't care about the hedge funds. They just want to make money. Well, exactly. That, that, that's what I think. And that's the thing. And a lot of people are like, well, you know, this is, is going to change our lives and things like that. And Andre, you know, your parents came here, you know, to America, right? Imagine your parents working their tail off, right? And they saved themselves 5,000 bucks, right? And they yeah. hear everybody, you know, this AMC stock's going to make you rich and take away all your problems. And so they stick their 5,000 bucks in AMC when it's whatever price, right? And then it collapses. You know what I mean? Like, like I don't know. I feel like my parents lived in a different age where there was no internet, so they didn't yeah. have the research tools that we do today. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think that it retail the average retail investor is as uninformed as they were when my parents were were investing. So, um, so I think I do think it's a different different dynamic. Yeah, it depends, man, on, on how it's pitched. I guess you can say. But the, the hedge funds. I don't know why everybody worries about the hedge funds. Hedge funds are trash. Like, you know, I like actually do stock market investing, right? Hedge funds are trash. Like, what? I, don't That's care what, I don't care what hedge funds do. They're a joke. <laughs> They're a joke. You know what I mean? Like, 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 yeah. like honestly, I don't know why everybody's so caught up in hedge funds. They're trash. Yeah, I've almost never understood that, too. I've, I've been completely indifferent to the moves of hedge funds. And anything they, they do tends to be short term like a lot of their actions won't imp impact the price of the stock over years like maybe sure maybe over days weeks or even months but i don't think five years down the line the moves of hedge funds will will have much of an influence on what yeah. i'm investing in so i've never most, yeah, most hedge funds can't even beat the market these guys are trash i don't know why everybody's but, like, but, don't, you, but don't but don't you think that many of them i've got a gnat don't you think that a lot of them have historically used their influence to bankrupt companies with their short selling? I so, I mean, are you guys, am I here? Yeah. Okay. Now you are. Here. All right. Yeah. No, I was just saying that, don't you think that historically hedge funds have used their influence to bankrupt companies? 
Um, so maybe long term, yeah, they're not going to affect big companies and big corporations like Apple, but smaller ones like whatever Build a Bear or something, or mm-hmm. you know, AMC. Wouldn't or would, so many people. Wouldn't doing so good many companies? Things. Wouldn't good companies that have solid financials that get repeat business? Wouldn't they survive that naturally? Isn't no, I don't think so. I think when you have a machine that builds a narrative and tells news outlets that this stock's going to go down and it creates negative sentiment and investors pull out, I think it destroys companies. And I think it's kind of important to reveal that kind of. That, that gets more into short selling and not just specifically hedge funds then, in my opinion, because, you know, short sellers are dirty. There's no doubt about sure. that. For Extremely sure. dirty. Um, you know, but I, I don't think we should just categorize all hedge funds as they're all trying to bankrupt because some hedge funds aren't even focused on that. The well, main, wait the, main the nature of a hedge fund is, I mean, hedge funds, the nature of a hedge fund is to make sure they don't lose lots of money and, and, and by doing that, not make lots of money. They want to no. stay middle of the road. So they are shorting. Like the, the, the definition of a hedge fund is also shorting. So compared to hodlers, you know, buy and hold Tesla, I, I'm not shorting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it, it is, they are contributing. But go ahead. Sorry, I interrupted yeah. you. No, it's okay. I mean, but that, like a, we we're talking about, like with a hedge fund, it the, the main goal of a hedge fund is you have all these super rich people invest with you, and you're basically trying to preserve their wealth. It's not even about getting the best return. And that's, I think, one of the reasons why a lot of these hedge funds don't even keep up with the, the market. Like you look at it, like most of these hedge funds yeah. underperform the market, right? Like why is that? Like – I think people, I think if if super rich people were smart, they would just invest in an index fund rather than give it to a hedge fund. I'm <laughs> just honestly, I, I I think hedge funds all they care about, and this is very jaded, but I believe it. I think all the funds care about is not losing clients. <laughs> yeah, like yep. what they don't want to get the phone call going. That's it. I'm taking my money out. They will yep. do whatever possible because uh, you literally see hedge funds sometimes. They're like, oh, we're investing in Nikola or like Chase did this. Why are you investing in Nikola, Chase? Why? 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 This was before like during the big run up uh, where before it was fraudulent. Why are you investing it? And Chase is like, well, it's a good story stock. You know, that sends the signal to me that they're literally trying. They're getting so many phone calls at their fund, at, the, at their funds. Like, hey, how come you guys didn't see Nikola? How come you're not on top of this? Nikola, it's making all this money. And and Chase is like, no problem. We'll put some money in Nikola because that's what the client wants. <laughs> you know, like I yeah. call me very jaded, but that's that's what I think. About no, that. and, and like, if they see an opportunity to make money short selling, then they'll take it. They don't care how many companies they corrupt as long as they get their <laughs> investors' returns. Yep. So and there's know. a lot of individual short sellers that do the same thing and they'll they'll go on all the message boards all day long and and post just crap there's uh, the ttcf chat go on yahoo finance man there's the people just always like oh ttcf's a scam you know just they're, they're short <laughs> well they're right it's a <laughs> it's kevin kevin you're doing that aren't you <laughs> In between his uh, nine videos a day, he just goes in the chat room. Yeah. I just sold my TTT effort. Tesla. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And, and it, yeah. It, it used to happen with Tesla all the time. I'm sure it still happens in the Tesla chats, man. Just people like Elon Musk is running a Ponzi scheme. Tesla's a scam. It's going to zero. And that's just short selling for you. It's annoying. It's, it's corrupt. It's bad. It's not just hedge funds. It's individual investors as well. That think they want to outsmart the market and i'm just like i look at it and i'm just like 
yeah, they're just wasting their time, man. There's so much money to be made in the stock market. Why focus on trying to short some stock all to get ripped as soon as as soon as it, get, it catches wind on Wall Street bets, you're done. You know what I mean? Like you're done. Have, like come on. You man. you recently bought uh, AMC, right? Like around sixty thousand, or or was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like seventy. 75k in right now. And yeah. Now, now is that because you believe in it long term, or because you kind of want to be a part of the social movement? Well, I mean, I, I, it's it's very much to me uh, something that it really relates to my childhood. So it goes way deeper because people always wonder, like, oh, Kevin, where where'd you learn to work and all this? And it was always my family that every time I would visit my family in Germany, it was literally just work, 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 work. And I feel like I got like indoctrinated every time I went to Germany. But that's all they would do is work, 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 like. Uh, the, the business, the family business, it still is today a movie theater chain. Uh, and, and so it's it's just really incredible to me. I don't know, maybe I've mentioned that before. But uh, it, to me, it's it's uh, that's a big thing. And so it's kind of like, hey, here's something uh, that we could fight the hedgies on. Here's something we could be part of a movement on, like, like why you're investing in it, Andre. Be a part of it. Support the community. Uh, and I don't mind hodling it. You know, I'm a big buy and holder, so uh, I'm going to hold it. And I think to me, you know, even if it goes down to 20 bucks, I'll add some more to it. But uh, I'll, I'll stick in it, and I think it's going to be a really fun ride. You know, whether it goes up or down, I'm going to be on for the ride. Why not Why not Wendy's? Because I was going to be doing this. So so just ahead, I don't think Wendy's is watching this here. I tweeted at Wendy's. And my, my theory is that if they, if they respond to my tweet, I will invest in Wendy's and I will buy. They're promoting this new salad right now on Twitter. And uh, so for a video tomorrow, if they get back to me tonight, it'll be in tomorrow's video. I'm going to go to Wendy's and get a salad and uh, invest in Wendy's. Wow. Yeah, that, that was up 25% today, Wendy's. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And there was a, there was a great uh, article that was posted on Wall Street Bets actually like five days ago. They basically just explain that Wendy's is a, is a good company. They're rolling out breakfasts. Uh, their sales are up. They're expected to be at 100% capacity by uh, by the next quarter. And only like 13% of, of their stocks right now are, are traded because everyone else is holding. So their theory was that if they're, they're a good company, they're not beaten down, they're not shorted, but there's only a few stocks available. Uh, relative to how much is out there, so if a lot of people are buying this up, it's gonna it's gonna shoot the price up pretty quickly. So, so they just have a low float, you're saying? Yeah, and so okay. that's that's really appeal. But they're but they're a good company, uh, and you know I started looking into them today. I got, I got to admit, I mean, there's there's not a lot to dislike about. There's not a lot to like necessarily, but there, there's nothing that you could say about Wendy's like that. That's bad. So anyway. His due diligence, you know, his DD was basically okay. We have a target, I think, long term, twenty eight dollars. Well, he hit that in a day. So now people are like, "Wait a second, we we moved the needle from twenty two to twenty eight. Now, now it's it, it's fun to watch. So I think if they if they tweet back at me, that's a sign. If they don't, I'm out. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know much about Wendy's, but I feel like I've been there maybe once in my life. Same. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Um, Oh. Everyone, yeah, everyone wants me to get the baconator. I'm gonna try the salad, <laughs> but uh, there's like some bacon. But, All I remember from Wendy the square, the square burgers. I always thought that was so weird. Like, why are they square? But you always like you, but you know, Wendy's is the one with the square hamburgers. So for branding, that's, that's some that's some quality DD right there. They they've got <laughs> square hamburgers, which is unlike any other fast food. Yes, and therefore it's gonna go now. to the moon. <laughs>
Yeah, the burger well, actually, circle. Moon. Speaking of Wendy's, I guess, is there any other meme stock? So I'm trying to create, uh, again, I don't want to say meme folio here, but let's say a, a stock portfolio of representing more of a social movement. So, uh, and I've kind of been out of the game for the last week being in, at the Bitcoin conference, but besides AMC, are there any other ones you guys are also looking at? I yeah. bought BlackBerry a long time ago as uh, that, that I, I put like six grand in that. Um, I'm just holding it. I'm not doing anything with that. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I actually, I mean, there are a few, I mean, uh, I like, uh, I really like right now. I, I think there's going to be another swing on, on EVs, and the ones that are really highly shorted right now and I think have good potential run back would be things like Arkimoto, Workhorse, not Lordstown Motors. Stay away from that one. Go EV, new, uh, that, that van company. There's some there's some potential. They're highly shorted. You're somewhere between 30 to 50% short. Workhorse is like 49% short. Uh, I think there's a good short-term play in these. So those are my three probably big ones. Also, uh, you've even got... FRX, Sorry. Fisker, by the way. Arkimoto's Workhorse, FR, uh, what was the other one you mentioned? Oh, so Workhorse, Arkimoto, Go EV, which is Canoe. Uh, Clo Clover obviously shot. I think Clover may have had its squeeze today. Uh, we'll see how the short interest looks tomorrow. We'll see. Uh, and, and then there are some others that I'm like, like uh, I'm like on the fence on, like, FRX, Skills, Fisker, like those are some other mm. ones that are on the radar, along with some others. I know TTCF has a good short. I just don't know if it's going to have that 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 uh, sex appeal to get the momentum. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> it's not not trying to diss it. Uh, just I, I don't know. But it is like 29% short, which I think hey, is I don't need anybody on that stock, just to be clear. That baby's going to 100. It, no one has to buy that stock. The hedgies were going to buy that. Wall Street buying that one up over the next five years. I don't need anybody. That's the thing. I, I pick stocks I don't need anybody on. Uh, Wall Street's going to have my back on all these babies over time, just like they got it with yeah. Tesla and all the others, man. I, I don't need anybody's help. Okay. <laughs> Did you guys see Build-A-Bear? What happened yeah, with Build-A-Bear? Yeah. No, I'm just wondering. The problem That's with Build-A-Bear is it's a very small market cap, and I'm a little concerned that that was mostly a social media push. Mm. Uh, it, the small market cap ones, they move real fast. Right. Uh, yeah. And so, but, GME, the, the momentum you think it's kind of already died, or you think it's going to come back? Oh, uh, well, GME just had another run, which was incredible. Like, I think AMC is going to chillax for a little bit. Uh, and, you know, AMC is right. probably going to be down under 10% short tomorrow. I wouldn't be surprised. Right now, it's around 11 12% if you believe the data that's out there. Uh, and, and that's down from about 21%. GameStop's still at 19%. There could still be some squeeze in there just because there's a lot of really exciting, uh, you know, research uh on on gamestop but uh now i think people are going to be walking around with I, I call it the shotgun approach where it's kind of like all right we did amc and now like they could come back to amc but right mm -hmm. now it's kind of like oh it's clover boom it's wendy's boom it's workhorse yeah. boom. Right? and then they go back like wait wait, wait. <laughs> we were focused on amc and then they go back right. to amc and pump that up you know so i i think it's a little like you know like you don't have to be uh how do i want to say like you don't, you don't have to be monog. What is it? Would it? Would you only have one relation? Mon monogamous. Monogamous. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You could be a, you could be a stock polygamist. There you go. <laughs> well, <laughs> stock did you guys, 
<laughs> did you guys see that interview that Melissa Lee did? I forget with with who. Oh, with the naked. The guy just slipped up or what happened? And her response, her reaction was like, oh. that was interesting. I don't know what to make of that. Jeremy, did yeah. you see that one? Yeah. I didn't. I haven't seen that one yet, no. I was surprised was because, see, like, they brought up naked shorting. She had this face of, like, death on her. I feel like she got, like, told in the earpiece, like, no, no, don't go there. Don't go there. Drop that. And Because her face was like, <laughs> it was, like, so great. And then they never aired that or, like, they cut that from, from the recordings that they put online. And it was just, it just lit this, this yeah, like, here, that was, like, pouring gas on fire. It, it, it lit this enthusiasm for AMC, and it sort of gave people, again, like, that, that reason to buy uh, hardcore yesterday. Uh, and, and so it was up, you know, like fifteen percent or whatever uh, at the beginning part of the day yesterday, as, as people were just so excited about that. Because the, the guy she was interviewing was basically admitting that, yeah, there's naked short selling on the market. And they're like, oh, confirmed. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, but and and I mean, like, the SEC doesn't say it's illegal. Uh, you know, in, in some cases, it's okay, but it uh, it definitely has a really bad reputation. <laughs> I, I saw that you posted that. Do you know how many days or like how long you can have it outstanding before it's considered illegal? Is it like a three-day period or something? My guess it's it's within the settlement time frames like that, two, three days. Two, because three. really if, if the rule is that like, hey, look, if there's a an illiquidity event and it's like, oh crap, we, we did as I th I think what it is, it's kind of like an intention. The broker just like, yeah, no problem. We'll, we'll customer service. You got it. We'll short a million shares of AMC for you. Okay, let's go locate that. Oh gosh, there's. Oh, this is gonna be hard. And as long as they're putting like a good faith effort in, then it's like, okay, like that happens in events of illiquidity. But where it becomes a problem is if the brokers are and market makers are colluding with funds that are shorting and like, yeah, 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 we'll make it short that for you. Like that's, I think, when it becomes illegal. That, that's my understanding. That's such a gray area. Did you guys see the SEC? Um, uh, gosh, I forget the article that said the SEC is rehiring the investigator for that because oh. they got too close to the hedge funds apparently. Oh, so the SEC was that they were doing the investigations for the naked short selling, and they had to replace the the inspector for it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of interesting. Wow. Okay. Let's see how to find it. Oh, that, that would be that would be a very that interesting. Yeah. So the other question is, uh, any other stocks you guys are buying right now? What What are you loading up on, Kevin? You're still super heavy Tesla, right? Tesla calls or. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I mean, it. most of my money is in shares, but I do have uh, a ton of calls too, probably like a couple million calls. Uh, and, uh, you know, longer term, twenty, mostly just 2023 stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've been, uh, in, other than the only thing I've really been paying attention to right now has, has been the momentum trades because I'm, I'm uh, you know, saving up money to make sure when, when the next tax bill comes, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm also pre-funding the campaign, which is robbing me blind. Oh, so wow. I don't have as much money as I usually do to hmm. invest in stocks. Uh, and so I'm really doing the momentum, which I have to say, I mean, like I threw money into Workhorse and I took like 31K profit out in like a day on it. And I'm like, wow. Wow, I only invested like, I think 40K or whatever. Now I know that's not sustainable, but... It kind of feels like I just went to Vegas and won, and I really like it. <laughs> right. It's addicting. Nicely, nicely yeah. done, man. Yeah, as, as long as you don't get into the bad habits, that, that's why I'm afraid some people are going to think like, oh, this is so easy. I just trade yeah. around. 
It's, no, you gotta yeah. be careful. I, I got mm-hmm. nipped a little bit today because I uh, I bought uh, like four or five different calls, small bits, uh, well, relatively, uh, you know, 10, 10, 15K, somewhere on there, into a few different companies. And uh, I really wanna wait for a red day and then maybe I'll go heavier and make some bigger bets on some, like maybe like 50K or something or 50, 75K or whatever as an option on something. Uh, it, but uh, one of them was, I was really excited just briefly on, on squeezing potential for Lordstown. And so uh, when the news broke of what happened at Lordstown today, I actually, we saw Lordstown get suspended. We had the Bloomberg terminal up and I pulled up the news. This was in my live stream, pulled up the, the terminal and it says, uh, you know, new, like the headline was like, new report, uh, questions going concern. And I'm like, oh, this is like really bad because it's going to mean they're going to issue a ton of new shares or a ton of new debt. We pull up the 10K and basically the company is basically saying like, we're going bankrupt over here. Yeah. And I, like we saw it within the first minute or two, I dumped my option and uh, I got out like down like two or three K. It went from up like 14% to up 3%. No joke within four or five minutes later, CNBC is running the story on it. The thing's down like 22%. Yeah. Gosh. You yeah. know what? This is, they were my worst investment, by the way, was uh, Lord Strand Mars. And I put in, I think, like 8K. Yeah. Um, I've held it. I I do not want to see what that is down. I'm not going to oh, sell no. it. I'm, listen, I'm riding them all the way down. At this point, <laughs> may as well. Yeah. No. yeah. Hey, you know, it's, it's a little nip, though, that, that they... they they give they're good lessons, you know, because it's like, oh well, man, you gotta be careful because like you can't you you like it's probably a good idea to make sure the balance sheets are sound. So I quickly looked at all my other balance sheets as well to get an update. But some of these, like the, that's the problem. It's one of the downsides with the momentum stocks is you gotta keep in mind the momentum stocks, even these that I just talked about, all of the ones I just mentioned right here, fundamentally, I don't want any of them. Fundamentally, yeah. I do not want any of them. I'm literally just in them for a swing. Uh, well, you know the the and, and they're so susceptible to just the media narrative, right? Yeah, uh, I don't know if you guys saw over the weekend uh, the, this this kid named Trey's Trades who kind of covers a lot of the AMC movement. He's great. They, yeah, I don't want my channel. Yeah, they had him on CNBC and they just kept pushing that question of like, well, what is the fundamental value of AMC? And he yeah. kept not answering the question. And eventually, he caved in and he's like, I don't know. And the, 20s or 20 whatever he said 28 dollars and the headline of that entire interview was you know the leader of the amc movement says the stock is not worth what it's worth yeah it's like Mm. come on yeah Yeah. it's gotcha kind of gotcha journalism yeah yeah i I spoke about this the other day in a video and it kind of does worry me because i was kind of thinking in depth about it because it does kind of feel like right now in this you know the meme stock mania or whatever it's like it's easy money man just hop from this one and this one move 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 you know keep it moving and I was kind of thinking like every time throughout any time in, in recent history, when it comes to the financial markets, as soon as everybody starts, the masses start thinking it's easy money, the, the rug is pulled, right? And so we go back to like the housing crisis, right? Everybody's like, dude, get a, get a second home, a third home, fourth home. You know, it's such easy money. Real estate only goes up. Just take, you know, who cares? Just say you got whatever money, you're gonna get the loan. And uh, it was very shortly after all of a sudden the rugs pulled, right? And next thing you know, all of a sudden real estate's crashing. It's like real estate yes. never crashes, right? You think yeah. about like, you, you think about Tesla, right? Tesla, everybody all of a sudden is talking about Tesla, right? It has that last run. And then all of a sudden ever since then, boom, down. Crypto, then it, or actually then it moved to kind of GameStop, right? 
And as soon as you know GameStop hit 483 or whatever, it goes down. It, then it happens with crypto and everybody's piling in crypto and it's like Bitcoin, Bitcoin, 50,000, 60,000. It's just this fever pitch, right? Especially right around Doge time, right? Doge coins going crazy right after, boom. Now it's the mean stocks, easy money, easy money, easy money. And who knows how this one ends, but it's just like, it's just seems and, like- and, yeah. Do you think like the big rug pull would be in the form of rising interest rates or more like regulatory danger? It, like what would a, be the ultimate rug pull? No one ever knows. That's the problem. Yeah. I don't know. And I don't, I don't know. Maybe you guys have an opinion on it, but no one ever knows. And it, it comes out of nowhere and it comes from a place you never saw coming. Right. And that's the, that's the scary part. It all of a sudden out of nowhere and, and you're just so caught off guard so fast that sometimes you can't even adjust. And you've gotten to this point where you just put yourself in a real bad position. I don't know. Maybe you guys have an opinion on what SEC discovers. There are no stocks at all. We're trading Fugazi stock paper money. <laughs> stock market yeah. exposed. I don't know. I feel like I feel like it's not going to be regulation because realistically, what's going to happen is that you're going to uh, disallow certain features. Like Robinhood is going to have to do a little disclaimer. People aren't going to care about that. Honestly, I don't think it's going to make any difference. It doesn't matter to me if there's a little high risk thing. If anything, that makes it more appealing. It's like, ooh, it's the high risk one. I yeah. like that one. You know, as a kid, like I would purposely like to get the CDs with the parental advisory on them because it's like, ooh, <laughs> that's, a, that's, the, that's the good one. That's right. the stock you want to get. So I don't think it's going to make a difference. I yeah. think it could be investor sentiment changes. Well, that's, that's, that's what happened the last time, right? I mean, look, look, I mean, we went from January into February. Momentum got destroyed. All of the momentum stocks got destroyed. March, April, May, crapped on, crapped on, crapped on. I mean, it was day after day after day yeah. after day. These stocks were getting destroyed. It comes in cycles, as with everything. I think the whole momentum stock rallies, they're short. They come for a month, they come for three weeks, and they're done. And, and, and then it goes quiet. It goes to something else. You know, then it's then it's at crypto right now. It's not crypto. Right. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, in, and in the meantime, the media is always going to try to get their headlines. I wanted to say like what you were saying about Trey and the headline they went with. Dude, after after the whole like campaign thing, I've got nervous about talking to the media at first. I'm like, oh, the media, this is so cool. But then it's like, wait a minute. They're looking for that headline, man. Yes. They're looking for the headline. You know, I had one guy uh, begin right before an interview. He's all buddy, buddy. Everything's great. Then asked me about uh, me delivering flowers to Grant Cardone and asked me if I'm a trespasser. And I'm like, no. Uh, and, and, you know, explained or whatever. Headline, headline of their tweet. Kevin Pafrath, gubernatorial candidate, says he is no longer a trespasser. It's like, what the? F oh, <laughs> wow. Come on. That's uh, insane. Says he's a trespasser and would do it again. <laughs> Just go back no and do it all over. Learned <laughs> no lesson. Learned lesson. <laughs> and we've come full circle by index funds. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the end of every one of my videos. Hey, buy an index fund. That's buy an index solution fund. to everything. It's just buy an index fund. Sleep well. That's it. that's it. For me, that's been what I've consistently been buying every every single day. Is is just index fund, index fund, index, and and I do dabble here and there. You know, it's funny. I bought uh, I bought a little bit more uh, Cheesecake Factory. Cheesecake Factory's been dipping, dipping, dipping. I think it was like fifty four, fifty three dollars. I started buying more Cheesecake Factory, and I posted that. People went off on me. 
for some reason about investing in the cheesecake factory. They just didn't get it. Today it's up eight and a half percent. I don't know why. Ooh. I figured that Jeremy, I figured out the ultimate rug pull. My, okay. here's, here's a headline. Michael Burry proven right index fund cri a liquidity crisis. Oh, <laughs> that, would that would be it. Dude, that he was saying about the yeah index fund yeah. liquidity crisis. I don't yeah. Know. So I just came up. I came up with the billion dollar idea, guys. So uh, everybody likes to play stocks right now. Game of fine stocks. Okay, here's the next multi billion dollar idea. Create an app that allows you to sell like one percent of your house or like five percent of your house. Oh, that's that's what crypto's trying to do. Tokenizing your 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 assets, right? Yeah, dude. Imagine in like Hollywood. Like, oh, oh, I think somebody might move. Like a super famous person might move into that house over there. I'm buying one percent of it, and like. You start they trading. Already, believe it or not, they already have that. What? They already have that stuff. Yeah, it's already out there. Um, oh, it's not popular. Yeah, so that, but then you get into the nuances. Like, well, what about property taxes? What about insurance? Not, not only that, the only thing that's lagging is the obviously the regulatory protection, right? That's the only thing we don't have. Is like, yeah, you could no, create no, an no, app no. that does that, but wait, but look, here's it's this. There's no ah, it, it, the problem is, I could sell you one percent of my properties right now, no problem. Uh, the only thing a token does in real estate is represent the security instrument, which could be a deed. So it's like instead of the deed, you have maybe a token or whatever, and it's it's on the blockchain. It, I, it's the same thing. It's it's. Just I don't think it's the same thing. Is it though? You have a token. It's the same I, thing. I I think it gives you instant liquidity though, and that quick tradability is that I could trade that token with anywhere in the world. I can't do that with the current system. Yeah, I guess. I want to I want to do it so we can make a mockery out of the real estate market, just like you farts are doing with the stock market. Get off my lawn. Um, I I can't imagine where that would happen because imagine if uh, are they going to pay one percent of my renovation? Are they going to get one percent of the income I make from renting out the property? Are they going to get one percent of the insurance if something happens oh. to it? No. Are they going to be liable if someone slips and falls and they sue? Are you going to get? Are you, you well, know, liable for one? Think, think about it with the stock. Yeah, think about it with the stock. Right? If you buy a stock, it is a super simple transaction. You are technically part owner of that, but you don't worry about all that, right? You're not worried about oh, I got to pay the the taxes for for this company or do this or do that. So I, I don't yeah, see why you. But that's coming off the top. But if, if something does happen to the company, that's going to affect the price of my share. So it's it's it, like I'm getting what's kind of left over with a stock. I feel with real well, estate, like those those, all, those expenses no. will be reflected in the fluctuating price. Right? Of the token, yeah. but of the, the token, token right? To the value of the house, not well, the cash. That, that and the expenses, and it could potentially pay you dividends if whatever you, you're getting rental income or whatever it is. It sounds. Yeah. It sounds think about point, to me. You, at that point, you may as well just invest in a fund rather yeah. than you walking around and trying to pick a bunch of different properties to invest five percent in or whatever. No I way! Know. I don't think so. No I think if you, I think Jeremy, to Jeremy's point, if you find a specific house that you like, love, you're like, that's the house I want to invest in. I don't want a fund. I don't want a basket of real estate of, of, of REITs. I want that house. With, you mean like, like a 12%. notable house of some kind? Sure. Like like the painted lady I almost bought. You know, one of those seven mm -hmm. houses in San Francisco. I, I want to buy 0.01% of your house, Kevin. That's what I want to do. I want to buy 0.01% of everybody's house. That would be so cool, man. And then and then we could be like, oh, I think I think I think the Kardashians gonna move in that house over there. Right. Yeah, yeah I think it would That's be so cool. cool. And, then, and then if you want to raise money, 
right? You just sell off part of your house. Oh, I'm selling off 5%. I'm having a 5% sale in my house. And then you sell it out there. You want X and X dollars. You, it would probably inflate real estate prices big time. I'll I could just do that with the, with the home equity line of credit though. And, and in theory, if I had a home equity line of credit or I had debt on it, which if I needed liquidity, I'd have debt on it, especially home equity line of credit, which I'm, or a rental property line of credit for that fact of the matter. Uh, and if I did have one of those lines of credit, which I could swipe, I could, I could write a check and I could wire money right out of, which gives me instant liquidity. If I did have that, I would now be diluting the lender if I sold pieces of the house away. It, it sounds like a headache. It sounds like a disaster. Yeah. It sounds it, not it, worth it either. It okay, sounds like but, you're describing a limited partnership, which <laughs> partnerships suck. Imagine creating a, like a timeshare model where you're like issuing tokens of your house and you're like, oh, you own 25%. You could technically stay at this house 25% of the year. I don't know, recreating a timeshare model would be kind of interesting too. But timeshares are a scam. Yeah, they suck. I'm not going to lie. They, they do suck. But but that's because these companies can sometimes, you know, the maintenance fees and all that. But I'm, I'm just wondering if you privatize that you just made it personal to each and every person without needing like this crazy business license and they can, I don't know, recreate timeshares of their cool houses somewhere. That might be kind of interesting. I don't know. These are just use cases that, that haven't really been realized yet that I think have so much potential. Yeah. Just wait. Somebody's going to take this idea from this video and run with it, and then they're going to buy us all out because they're going to be so rich. So, anyways, Kevin, we got one last thing. We got to get a governor update uh, before we get off here. What's going oh. on with your governorship, man? Yeah, man, we're uh, we're doing our first rally in San Francisco, and so we got to showcase California. Uh, we're gonna. We're, what we're gonna do is for the next like six weeks, probably, is every weekend we're gonna go to a location. See, so yeah, we'll see how the first two weeks go. It's going to be San Francisco first. We'll do like a free rally. Uh, then we'll do L.A. next week uh, on a Saturday, Saturday evening. And, and then we can, we'll can have really cool vlog content. So we'll have like a vlog of what we did in the office. Then we'll have like vlog content of the weekend. And we'll really be able to show like, look how beautiful California is, the beautiful things in California. But also like your interviews with, with whether they're homeless folks or business folks or, or whatever. While also doing a rally and, and trying to fundraise. So we'll see. We uh, we're, we've got a lot to jam into a weekend. You know, we're gonna do San Francisco uh, Saturday night, and then we're gonna go to uh, Mammoth, uh, and, and so it'll be fun. That'd be so cool, man. You're like you're like giving a speech, and you're like writing, and they're like, "Oh, he's taking notes." You're like, "No, I'm writing my next video." <laughs> you just gotta come to Vegas. I really want you to come to Vegas. Do a rally here. Get the people in Vegas excited who left California. See yeah. that that I think would be interesting. Come here. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. 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 And and I'm trying to do what we can to to keep costs low while also being we have to be quick. Uh so it's a problem. Like we were thinking about doing a bus tour. Uh the bus is very complicated. Uh you're stuck in a location. Uh so that kind of sucks. Uh, uh by, by the way, Kevin, why did you pre-fund your campaign? Why was that a necessary thing? Well, just there's so many expenses. I mean, I got like you know, annually, probably, I, I don't know, I, I think even just for the next probably six months, probably have like 400, 500 grand in payroll or something. I don't know. No especially. way. That much well, already. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then, and then, I mean, you, you want to do texting campaigns. I mean, that's going to be a few hundred grand. You want to do, uh, you know, you want to fly places uh, and, and uh, do events, you know, that's going to be a few hundred grand. I mean, it's it, we, right. we need we need donations we need people to go to meetkevin.com slash donate and and donate to us because we don't have mark zuckerberg donating to us <laughs> <laughs> oh that's awesome kevin all right graham take us home man all right so before you leave make sure to destroy the like button and subscribe button every single time we mention the subscribe button 
the subscribes just go through the roof. So how about this? If we could get uh, to 150,000 subscribers, Jeremy says he's gonna he's gonna go all in Dogecoin. <laughs> but we, but we got and he's gonna that. sell tattooed chef. And he's gonna sell his tattooed <laughs> chef and buy Tesla. So if if we could get to 150,000 subscribers in the net, by by this time next week, Jeremy, sorry man, you, you have to do it for the channel. <laughs> Just subscribe. That's all I'm getting out of here. Just subscribe. It's so easy. It's free to do. Uh, if you've already subscribed, just hit hit the like button and the notification bell. That's it. Thank you guys so much. And, and uh, Millennial Money Clips. Oh, yeah, yeah. Millennial Money Clips channel down below in the description. You see the best highlights. Uh, the channel is honestly incredible. It's been blown up lately. So make sure to subscribe to that because uh, I got to say, the Clips channel is fantastic. So subscribe to that. Uh, we should, you know what? We should honestly be plugging that in the beginning too. So we'll do that. Oh next yeah, time. check out the Luminary interview podcast I did with Russell Brand. That was fun too. Yes, wow. plug that too. Where? Where? <laughs> Where is it? Link. It's in Luminary. Yeah. All right. What is Luminary? It's a podcast. Uh, like a show or an app? Platform. A platform. Yeah. Okay, I'll check it out. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Peace Bye. out. All right. Smash the like button. Take care, you guys. Bye. Bye, everyone.